Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. As you're seated, if you would grab your copy of God's Word, turn to Exodus chapter 16, put a finger in that location or uh, digitally can mark that location and then flip on over to Romans chapter 8. And I also want to encourage you not only uh, make yourself available to missions, all of those missions trips, but uh, this week... This week, if you are a parent or a neighbor or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a brother or a sister, I want to give you permission to ask, bribe, coerce, drag, threaten, bring willfully or unwillfully, do whatever you got to do. You ask ask them, uh, you know, why, what are you doing with the duct tape? Say, my pastor gave me permission to do this and it's only one time. You got to bring, bring every teenager in Mecklenburg County, in Rowan County, in Stanley County, in Cabarrus County, and get them to 365 for the launch youth revival this week. I'm telling you, destinies are going to be released. Uh, I have known their speaker, Pastor Johnny Wilson. I've known him for years. He's a dear friend of mine. If God has used somebody more in the last 20 years to unleash revival and destiny in the lives of teenagers, I don't know about them. I trust Pastor Johnny's voice. And uh, so, parents, go ahead, um, clear the schedule, figure out dinner. I told my boy, I said, invite all your friends and I'll drive and I'll pick them up and I'll bring them back. And, and so like whatever, like bring, bring a car full, all right? Bring a, bring a car full. And I promise you that God will do something amazing in the lives of our teenagers as we continue to believe for revival. Amen. And the, the next generation. So we're believing Pastor Justin, Pastor Wesley, our entire uh, Uh, Team, we are believing for amazing things. Um, I don't know if you have ever stepped into a conversation that you felt like you were, you were like, I'm a little bit late to this conversation. Has that ever happened to you? A group of people were talking, you kind of stepped in, and it was past the, it was just past the point in the conversation, so it got a little bit awkward. It was like the conversation had been going on too long for you to ask what the conversation was about. Have you been there? And so, and so, like when they were nodding, you were nodding. And when they were smiling, you were smiling. When they were laughing, you were laughing. And that was on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. It's like in that relationship, when you pass the point where you should have asked them their name and you didn't ask them their name, and now you should know their name, but it's awkward because you don't. You know what I'm talking about? It's like past that point. And the relationship and and have but have you ever been there spiritually like have you ever felt like God has been having a conversation about your circumstances and on the outside you're smiling and you're nodding and you're laughing like yes and God good and on the inside you're saying something like God I have absolutely no idea what you're doing in my life and I'm really confused like if, if you've ever if God has ever been doing something in your life that you don't fully understand this word is for you I got a word for you, and it's going to help you, and it's going to encourage you in this season. So Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, 
as we continue our series in Royals. This is kind of our theme verse, but then we're walking through this situation of the Israelites. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. That as soon as you say yes to Jesus, that is your legal status. That is your current situation. You're children of the king that makes you royals legally. Like that is your status. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. It gets better. As a royal, you have a royal inheritance. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So not everybody that has the status of a royal acts like a royal. Not everybody that has inheritance receives inheritance. As it pertains to the Israelites and to us, we've been saying it like this, that God takes you out of Egypt, but then he got to get the Egypt out of you. Like your sons and daughters, but when you were raised in a slavery mindset, it takes a while. It takes a while for you to abandon the slavery mindset and to step into a royalty mindset. And so we learned from Jesus that it is a satanic temptation to get the crown without going through the cross. It's a satanic temptation to access a throne without walking through some thorns. And you're good, but you're not better than Jesus. And Jesus had to walk through some stuff in order to get to his position. And so you need to, you need to know this. This doesn't sound like it's encouraging, but it is encouraging. Your pain has a purpose. Somebody needs to know today that the current difficult situation that you're walking through, I promise you, it's not because God's mad at you. He's training you. And somebody's discouraged because you think that you're walking through a season of suffering and pain and difficulty because God's left you and he's not blessing you and he's mad at you. No, he has more for you, but he's got to train you how to get there because he will not have spoiled princesses and selfish kings step into an inheritance and squander the inheritance. He needs warriors and he needs servants to step into that kind of, that kind of, uh, uh, situation. Leprosy, leprosy um, has largely been eradicated around the globe, but it still does exist in some, some pockets. And uh, it's actually, and I, di- I didn't know this until I did a little bit of reading about it. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a misunderstood disease. So a lot of people think, um, and I thought this way, that leprosy was kind of like a flesh-eating disease because uh, lepers will sometimes be missing some fingers, all are part of fingers, or an ear, different things like that. But leprosy in and of itself is not a flesh-eating disease. What leprosy does is leprosy doesn't allow you to experience pain. And so if your body doesn't experience pain, it will harm itself by not sending pain to the brain saying, hey, something is wrong. And so for in, in, in instance, there may be somebody that has leprosy and, and they got frostbite on their foot, but they didn't realize that their foot was even cold 
cold. So there was an amputation of toes or a foot, and they lost something because they were unable to experience pain. Several years ago, Dr. Brand was flying from the United States to London, and he got into his hotel room, was getting ready for bed, took off his shoe, and realized that he didn't have, after working with lepers in a colony, realized, and leprosy is highly contagious, he realized he didn't have any sensation in his foot. And so he's, he, he began to get nervous. He found a, a pin and, and poked himself, pricked himself with the pin, and there was nothing. There was no pain. A little more nervous, he takes the pin and he pushes in the pin, and blood comes out, but still nothing, no pain. He spent the night, as you can imagine, tossing and turning, imagining what was his life going to look like on the other side of leprosy. Would he never be able to hug and embrace his wife again? Would he not be able to interact on a meaningful basis with his children? Would he have to live on the edges of society? And he's He's going in and out of sleep and, and finally wakes up from one of these moments in the, in the morning and he takes a pin and he pricks his foot and he began to rejoice in that moment because of the pain, because of the pain. See, sometimes in your life, pain is a sign not of, not of unhealth, but it's a sign of health. The fact, the very fact that you're here and you're hurting, the very fact that you have pain in your life sometimes says that you're alive. See, on the other side of this, if you don't care, if you're numb, if you're on, now that's a reason to concern. But sometimes, sometimes we need to thank God for the pain in our lives because it's a way of saying we're alive and that God has more for us. It sounds counterintuitive. See, God didn't cause it, but he'll use it. So you're going you're gonna to walk through pain regardless. You might as well use it for God's glory. People, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so you might as well use it for God's glory. And so how do I do that? You yield your pain to the Holy Spirit. You enter into what we've been talking about, the Royal Training Academy, the RTA. The Royal Training Academy, what is that? You're already in the classroom. The classroom of the RTA is the current difficult situation that you're walking through, and your teacher is the Holy Spirit. So you've already, you've already paid the tuition. You might as well get the degree. And, and so as we partner with the Holy Spirit, he begins to train us. We talked last week about the Mara test. So the Israelites had their breakthrough moment. It was their salvation moment on the other side. The Red Sea was their salvation. And then the first test that they come to on the other side of this is Mara. Mara is where the water was bitter. And the Mara test is this. Will you release your bitterness and cling to the cross? And here's a hint. You can only hold on to one. You can't walk into heaven holding on to the cross and your offense from 20 years ago. It doesn't work like that. Pastor, that's a harsh word. I know. But those are Jesus' words. Jesus says, my Father in heaven cannot forgive you if you don't forgive other people. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I don't, but Jesus does. How can I forgive them, Pastor, with the same forgiveness that Jesus forgave you? Because you didn't deserve it either. You were a rebel. You were terrible. You were lost in your sin. And Jesus forgave you. And so just like you accepted the cross into your situation, then 
you've got to release the power of the cross in that other situation. I can't hold on to my offense and hold on to Jesus. You've got to choose. Are you going to hold on to Jesus? Or is that person, did that person that forgot about you 15 years ago and they don't even know your name, but you're still holding on to that pain, will you hold on to that person or are you going to hold on to Jesus? And somebody just release that and receive the cross in, in, in your situation and in your life right now. And so they move on from Mara. They have water, but now they're running out of food, and they're not just running out of food. They're running out of meat. That's a problem. That's a, real, that's a real world problem. I love, I love all the vegetarians and the vegans in the house. Well, I won't say a whole lot about that, but lack of meat for many of us would represent a difficult situation. Like, I'm an Arby's guy, not necessarily that I like Arby's. I just like what they stand for. We have the meats. Like, I, like there is... There is a day, it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, just about every year for 20 years, my buddies and I have gathered around a smoker, and, and I got a couple of friends, and they stay up all night, and you lift up this smoker, and just all the meats, all the sausages, and the turkeys, and the chickens, and the hams, and everything like that, and I walk into my buddy's backyard, and there's temptation calling at me. Temptation in this season looks like macaroni and cheese and cake. That's fine in a another season, but not on my meat day. I got a plate. I'm going to have, that's called filler. Don't load up. I'm going to give you a buffet hint today. For those of you that find yourself at Golden Corral, don't load up on the filler. Go for the meat. Go for the good stuff. Like I got, and I got a plate full of meat. So God's fine with meat, except that this wasn't a meat season and God had a different provision. So the Israelites had to learn how to step into this. So, so let's pick up this story. They were complaining. They're craving. They're hungry. And then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm about to make it rain. That's my modern day translation. I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for the day. I will test. Say test. See, it's a test. It's always a test. What you're walking through right now, it's a test. It's a test. I will test them in this to see whether or not they'll follow instructions. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness and they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Where was the glory? The glory was in the wilderness. I know sometimes the glory is on the mountain, and I know sometimes you want to stay on the mountain because all the fields are on the mountain, and the, the tears of joy are on the mountain, and that's great to stay on the mountain as long as the glory is on the mountain, but sometimes the glory is in the wilderness where you follow the glory even if it means a dry season, where you follow the, the glory even if it's in the wilderness, and... Um, the awesome glory was in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I've heard the Israelites' complaints. Here's just a little note. It's interesting to me that the Israelites were complaining when they were in Egypt. We don't want to be in Egypt. And the same Israelites that were complaining in Egypt are now, they were complaining in Mara because the water was bitter in Mara. And the same Israelites that were complaining in Egypt and were complaining in Mara were now complaining in the wilderness. And I just, I just can't help but notice a little, a little 
little bit of a thread there. I just can't help but notice sometimes a little bit of a thread of people that were complaining in their last church, and now they're complaining in this church. And I'm just, say, I'm just saying, I'm just making some observations about people that were complaining in their last job, and now they're complaining in this job, and they were complaining in their last relationship, and they're complaining in this, that there are, sometimes there are some commonalities that have nothing to do with the situation, that sometimes you're just around people that they complain in Egypt, and if you're in leadership, I'm telling you, if you're dealing with a complainer, you can take them to Egypt, or you can take them to Mara, or you can take them to the Jordan, and you can take them to the promised land. The problem is not their situation. The problem is their spirit, and you will never please them, so stop trying. That's just what I want to help somebody else out there with in leadership, is you got to follow You got to follow the voice of the Lord and, and, and let people just be people. And so it's in this situation that they're complaining, and that evening they said, they said this, now tell them, now tell them, then the Lord said to Moses, now tell them in the evening you'll have meat to eat. See, again, nothing wrong with meat. God provided meat, but he's about to, he's about to change their taste buds. He's got to change their taste. And in the morning, in the evening, you'll have all the meat, and in the morning, you'll have all the carbs. That sounds like a good rotation. Meat in the evening, Panera in the morning, like bread, meat and carbs. That's a good, I like, I like where you're headed, God. I like, I like this. You have all the bread, then you will know that, I, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. The, that evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, in the area around the camp was wet with dew. And the, when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. And the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? What is it? That's the title of the word that God has for us today. What is it? They asked. They had no idea what it was. See, they understood meat, but they didn't understand manna. Your Mara test is can you release bitterness? Your manna test is can you lean into God's provision when you don't fully understand it? I'm, I'm preaching to many people. Many people online, many people in Concord. I'm preaching to many people that are walking through a season that God's doing something. But if you're honest, you're like, I don't understand it. I got no clue. And in fact, the thing that I prayed for, I'm not God. I prayed for meat. And this looks like manna. What is it? Let me give you these things. RTA lesson number three, picking up from last week. Can you resist the temptation to go back to the comfort of your chains? If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, verse three says, they moaned. We sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. It's, it's interesting that only one month removed that they were craving the comfort of their chains. Only one month removed from one of the worst situations of slavery uh, that, that, that has been known with taskmasters that abused them with all of these things, with the murder of their babies, the murder of their children. Can you imagine wanting to go back to a situation to the very person that killed your two-year-old? Can you imagine and how quickly we forget how quickly we forget, and sometimes we, even after the most amazing 
wonderful, powerful moment of deliverance where God sets us free and we end up wanting to go back to the comfort of our chains. You were in a relationship and it was semi-abusive and you didn't like the other person. You didn't like yourself when you were with that person. They said things about you that made you feel less about yourself. Your relationship with God wasn't and God delivered you like you had a Red Sea moment and you got out of that relationship and you were fine on Monday because you had work on Monday and you were good on Wednesday because you had church on Wednesday and Thursday was okay because your tribe meets on Thursday and then it got to Friday and you started scrolling through your Instagram feed and all of your friends were out on dates with their significant other and you found yourself wanting to go back to the comfort of your chains because you would rather be with someone and be miserable than face the uncertainty of your future. And here's what we got to learn. Here's what the wilderness teaches us is that God's future is uncertain. So you may not know exactly where you're going, but as long as you're following him, you're in good hands. Can I talk to somebody that's in a desert season relationally? I promise you God has the desire of your heart on the other side if you will yield to him. And this is a word for somebody. Don't go back to the comfort of your chains. Don't go back. Go forward. Go on. Go on. Go to the future. RTA lesson number four. Can you take in provision when you don't understand it? Verse 15. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? What is it? They asked each other. And they had, they had no idea. They were, they were clueless. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them you're clueless. See, some of you were waiting all week to be able to say that to the person beside you. You weren't, you weren't degrading them. You were, just, you were just telling them reality. Because that's our, that is sometimes our current spiritual reality. Can I, can I free somebody to know that in your spiritual life, sometimes it's okay to be spiritually clueless? Here's what, here's what I love. Here's what I love sometimes is that, that we have the propensity in the church to, to over-spiritualize a miracle. We do, we do. You say, Pastor, how can you do that? How can you over-spiritualize a miracle? Because it's easy for us to talk about manna. Manna sounds like, that's a very churchy word. That's a religious word. Oh, God, brother, God will provide. He's the God of the manna. He has manna provision. Like that sounds, oh, that's a, good, that's a good word, Pastor. I don't even understand it, but okay. Like he's the God, he's the God of the manna. Do you know? So what we proclaim in 2019 as a miracle, you know what it was for the Israelites? It was confusing. That's all it was. You say the Israelites, manna means, the word manna means what is it? So the situation that years later we say, oh, wasn't that a blessing? In the middle of the miracle, it was confusing. See, here's what I see God doing in your situation, that you have no idea what God is doing. Five years later, you look back, and in hindsight, you say, thank God for that season because he provided for me. He blessed me. He grew me, and I don't, come on, that's a good place to give God praise. Because, because if you learn to praise him in the middle of the what is it, 
If you learn to take it, if you learn to lean into that kind of provision, even when you don't understand, and the enemy will continually try to tempt you just like he did with Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve were standing in the Garden of Eden in the middle of perfect provision. And what was the temptation of the enemy? The temptation of the enemy was don't receive the provision, trust in your own knowledge. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and so they took the bite of fruit and what they did in that moment was they put more faith in themselves than in than faith in God and so like Adam and Eve we continually eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil with each bite choosing understanding and the curse over blessing by faith you don't have to understand it to get it like you can, you can, you, you can say like the Israelites, I don't get it, but we got it. You don't have to understand everything that God, you don't have to understand all of the provision. I love what, what Augustine said, a, a amazing theologian said, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that thou mayest believe. See, that's where some of you are hung up today. You're trying to figure this God thing out. And as soon as you get it figured out, then you'll put faith in Jesus. It doesn't work that way. You put your faith in Jesus and then he helps you figure it out. But believe that thou mayest understand. Can you lean in? Can you lean into that provision? Here's the final thing. RTA lesson number five. Can you keep the anointing fresh? Can you keep it fresh? Verse 20, but some of them didn't listen and kept some of it, kept some of the manna. See, manna has a shelf life. Manna had a 24-hour shelf life, except on the day before the Sabbath. It lasted 48 hours. By the way, you can take a Sabbath in your business you can take a Sabbath in your business because the provision of God on Saturday will last you till Monday. And I, hear me, because I know, I know for some, some of you, you're, you're working for companies that that's not an option, and I get that, and there's, there's grace and all of that. But if you're in control of your work week, God has provision. God's provision has a 48-hour shelf life over your Sabbath. It's good for your Sabbath. But some of them didn't listen, and some of it kept it till morning, but by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Yesterday's provision and yesterday's anointing are not okay. You cannot step into future promises on yesterday's blessing. On yesterday, yesterday's anointing. Like there are churches who are living in the 2003 anointing. There are churches that are trying to live in 2019. And they're trying to get 2019 souls on 2017's provision. And it doesn't work like that in the kingdom. Because God is continually teaching us there's a meat season and there's a manna season. But there's also a now season. And I want to be fresh. I want to be on the cutting edge of what God is is doing. I always want to be on what God is doing now in our lives. R.T. Kendall says sometimes the greatest opposition to what God wants to do next comes from those who were on the cutting edge of what God did last. I don't ever want to have yesterday's anointing. I want to have today's anointing. And so what is it? What is it? The Israelites, they're confused. They don't understand. God's trying to provide for them. He's trying to give them a miracle, but they don't. What is it? What's going on? God, I don't, I don't understand. Let me close with this story. It's a, 
whether this actual story is true, I, I, I don't know, but the principle is true. It's kind of take it as a modern day parable. But the, the story goes like this, that along the seldom used trail across Nevada's Amargosa Desert, that there was, a, there was an old well and an old pump and, and tied to that pump was an old tin can. And in the can was the following note. It said this, the pump, this pump is all right as of June, 1932. I put a new washer into it and it ought to last five years. But the washer dries out and the pump has got to be primed. And under the white rock, I buried a bottle of water out in the sun, cork end up. There's enough water to prime the pump, but not if you drink some of the water first. Pour about one-fourth of the water and let it soak to wet the leather. And then pour in the rest medium fast and pump like crazy. You'll get water. The well has never run dry. Have faith. And when you get watered up, fill the bottle and put it back like you found it for the next guy. Don't go drinking the water first. Prime the pump and you'll get all you can hold. Can you imagine you're traveling, you're thirsty through the desert and you find what seems to be provision. And the temptation in this season would be to drink in that water instead of pour it out because you just came out of a spigot season. And in a spigot season, it's okay to drink the contents, but you may not be in a spigot season. Maybe you're in a priming season. And so in a prime season, the temptation is to react like you did last season to get this season's provision. In a priming season, a priming season, you got to pour. And can you imagine the amount of faith that it would take to follow the instructions? I'm holding water, and so I need more water. So to release, to get more water, i got to release what's in my hand. And you begin to pour, and you begin to pour, and you watch that water go down. And it's then that you begin to access a whole nother level, but it happens by faith. It happens by the releasing of faith. And I just wonder again, who is in a season or what is it season? God, I don't understand all that you're doing. God, I don't understand what you're saying. God, some of the messages that pastor has been preaching, like I'm feeling something, but I doesn't see, doesn't even see how it applies in my situation. I wonder, I wonder who would take a moment today. And just reaffirm, God, I'm going to live by faith. I trust you. I trust you. I may not understand my circumstances, but I trust you. With heads up, with eyes open, if that's you, if you're in a what is it season, I wonder who would just affirm their commitment to the Lord today at every location watching online and just say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my kids. I trust you with my job. I trust you with this relationship. I trust you. If that's you, would you just stand to your feet as a, as a sign of I trust you, God. I trust you with I trust you with my finances, God. I don't get it, but I trust you with my with my nieces. I trust you with this adoption that we've been that we've been circling around. God, for so long with this, with this situation of wanting to have a child, I trust you. God, I don't understand.
understand what is it, but but I trust you with this with this relationship. And somebody's mad at me, and I'm trying to do my best to resolve it, and I don't see resolution in the future. But I, but I trust you, and God, I feel you nudging me to go on a missions trip, and I'm looking at my bank account, and God, in the natural, it doesn't seem to be the perfect year to go, but I trust you. I trust you, God. I trust you. Before we're dismissed, I gotta read one one more passage of scripture because we're talking about man and we're talking about seasons when we don't fully understand what God is doing. And Jesus himself, himself speaks about this season. And so you have a group of people that were kind of on the edge of faith. They knew about God, but they had not committed their lives to God. And this group of people said to Jesus, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. And the scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you that bread from heaven. My father did. Can I remind you where your provision comes from? Your job may have provided you that paycheck, but it didn't provide you that provision. That, that relationship was not the source of your joy. Moses, Moses didn't give you joy, your father did. Moses didn't give you protection, your father did. Moses didn't give you anointing, your father did. You got to keep your eyes on the source of your provision. That's who, that's who we put our faith in. And now that same God, that same God that provided for the Israelites and that same God that that put Jesus through the resurrection, now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to this world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every single day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're hungry, what you're hungry for is Jesus. If you're hungry for hope, it's found in Jesus. If you're hungry for peace, it's found in Jesus. If you're hungry for meaning, it's found in Jesus. If you're hungry for purpose, it's found in Jesus. Jesus is the only thing in this life that will satisfy your hunger, that will bring you fulfillment. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed at every location, you'd say, Pastor, I have not made that step to trust Jesus fully with my life, to repent of my sin, and to lean into him fully and to make him my Lord and Savior. If that's you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm going to pray with you right at your seat. But as an acknowledgement to Jesus, not to me, but to Jesus, when I get to three, would you just raise your hand as a point of context saying, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my life and heart to Jesus so that he can help me live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose one two, three. If that's you, just slip your hand up. That's me, Pastor. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Many across the auditorium. The church family, let's join our faith with those who are saying yes to Jesus, and let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, I trust you. I, I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again, and I ask that you breathe your breath into my lungs so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive 
to my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody give him praise for his provision today. Hey there, and thank you so much again for joining us for CFA Church Live. If you made the decision to live wide awake and fully alive for the first time, we want to hear about it. Send us a message and we'll get somebody to partner with you in this new walk of your life. Also, if you haven't had the opportunity to visit one of our beautiful campuses, next week is the great time to do so. You can go to cfachurch.com and plan out your visit that way. Until then, I pray you continue loving Jesus and changing the world. Thank you.